Yes, that line falls on the right, babe. Now that Maggie's back in McMonagle here with you on the fan, 877-337-6666. Hey, if you can go to an outdoor hockey game in the freezing cold, you can call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Let's do it. That's right. We got Fliegelman on the other side. Emmanuel with us for the morning. Me and you for three hours till the warm-up show at 5. Again, that number, 877-337-6666. We got a lot to get to. We got baseball stories, right? Is Snell going to be a Yankee? There's some thought that maybe they'll give him a contract. Pete Alonso wants to talk. Juan Soto showed up, but that's not the story. That's right. That's right, hockey fans. Amazingly enough, those aren't the stories. Not the lousy, the lousy NBA All-Star Weekend, which, by the way, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It's awful. And the idea that while that lousiness is going on, the NHL had themselves one hell of a weekend, at least here, you know, certainly here, as 150,000 people over the course of two days showed up at MetLife Stadium and watched the Devils play the Flyers. And then, in my opinion, the most heated blood rivalry the city has in the Rangers and Islanders. Yeah, Yankee fans and Met fans hate each other. I get it. Right, and certainly the football fans we saw this year, it starts to kind of turn that way. You know, everyone was tired of hearing how the Jets were going to be the world champion, the Giants are underrated, and blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, for me, especially growing up on Long Island, so maybe I'm biased, but for me, the most, you know, bitter rivalry between fans that of diehard fans of the team is Rangers Islanders. And 80,000, damn near 80,000 people packed MetLife Stadium to see that performance. And I'm telling you, these, for whatever it is, first of all, high-pressure, big-time hockey games are as good as anything we have in sports. Let's just start there, all right? That's just the honest-to-God truth. Playoff hockey is as good as it gets. I'm a baseball guy. I love playoff baseball. Playoff football, you can't beat it. Right, These championship games, we talk about them for weeks on end and decisions that are made and field goals that are kicked and fourth downs that are went for. But I'm telling you, there is nothing better than intense spectacle hockey. And that's what we got yesterday at MetLife Stadium. I see everybody I know taking pictures from the train, taking pictures out there tailgating for a hockey game. It was an atmosphere, man. These games are intense. You get the feeling, and especially watching games that absolutely have no meaning in the NBA. Watching skill competitions and dunk contests and NBA games that they score 200 points in as we watch one set of games that mean absolutely nothing. Now, I know these are regular season games. I'm not trying to compare them. They just happen to be on the same weekend. But we turn on these hockey games, and we are, and, and you can tell 
You can feel it in the building. You got the Giants and Jets players reading off a script. They, I mean, I don't even know what they were saying half the time. The feeling at the at the the stadium was electric. You could hear it. I would say it was about to be fair. Let's just to be fair. I would say it's at least two thirds Rangers fans. But man, what a what an atmosphere those games were. And if you get into the actual game, obviously the Rangers win in an overtime, six five. Just, I mean, an awesome, awesome game, an awesome, awesome feel. These outdoor games are excellent. A lot of fun. And then you get down to the brass tacks of the game, and the Rangers win their seventh in a row, the hottest team in hockey coming out of the break. And, you know, there's a lot to the there's a lot to this game and the different elements of it, and kind of an epitome of really both these teams and what their seasons have felt like. Because the Rangers get off to that incredible start, and while they were doing it, they were coming from behind. There's never any quit in this team. You gotta give them that, even when they struggle. Even when they were about a, you know, prior to this winning streak, whether it was Igor struggling, who, again, not every goal is his fault. Certainly that that final uh, Islander goal that that put them up two in the third period that made it even tougher to come back from, you know, Lindgren's hurt in the corner. and that, you know, So that's, I mean, a lot of the goals aren't necessarily his fault, but he just feels shaky at times. And the Islanders get out to that, you know, the Rangers score quick. Matt Martin and Rempe go out of quick. Matt Martin trying to pick on, the, I don't know, pick on. That's not the right word, but trying to, I think he tried to boost his team. Uh, you know, even though they got the better of the play, even early on in the game, I thought the Islanders came out with much more intensity. Like early on in the game, even though the Rangers jump out to that one goal lead uh, on their first shot, it's like 10 1 in shots before the Islanders tie it. And Matt Martin comes out and tries to get a rise out of his team, also going against the young kid making his, you know, hockey debut and has a, a reputation for, you know, being a bit of a, a, a bruiser. Uh, down in the uh, KHL. So, you know, I think he's just trying to bring some enthusiasm, welcoming a a young kid as I was listening to Lori uh, and an interview on the game as I'm coming in, kind of that welcome to the NHL, but also just trying to pick his team up because, you know, early it was not to get discouraged because the Islanders had the better of the play. And then obviously they take the the three to one lead after one with the the goals within a couple of seconds. I was at my in-laws house just having dinner. I went into the, I swear it's one, one. I go into the garage to help my brother-in-law get a table and chairs for the kids. There's like a side table. There's a lot of us. I come back. It's I'm like, what the hell happened? I missed the two goals that gave them a three, one lead, but the Rangers, this team, they go through periods. It's it's almost like their season almost where they're just unstoppable, and then they go through periods where they have these lulls. And you've seen it over the course of the last few weeks, even with the winning over the last seven games. Like, if that power play isn't there, which it obviously was late in the game, as it was for them yesterday. But if that power play isn't there, I've been talking about this forever. I've been talking about the idea that they are so reliant on the power play they are so reliant on it. They struggled to score five on five, and the shots were just outrageous. You know, the I mean, the Islanders had the the much better of the play. They were killing on shots. It was it was twenty to seven or something like that at one point. The Islanders were dominating this hockey game, and then the you know the Rangers just get enough to keep it close, and then they come from behind in the third period, and you know Laviolette makes the decision, which I think uh, you know I love. I love being aggressive. I love betting on my team. I love putting my team in a spot where they have to rise to the occasion. And with, you know, down a couple goals with four minutes left, they get the power play to pull the goalie 
which I'm sure many people want him to pull the goalie period and put Quick back in. And that's going to be a storyline for, uh, eventually from this game. Once you get past the Panarin goal, once you get past the comeback, once you get past the dichotomy of these two teams going in opposite directions again, the Rangers come from behind, the Islanders blow games. Right? Now they are now 3-3-3 three, three, and three with Patrick Wild. Nothing's changed. Like, let's be fair. This is what the Islanders have been all year long. Up and down, blowing leads. That's what they've done all year long. And this one is going to be hard to swallow. In front of all those fans, this atmosphere, to have the Islanders blow this game the way they did. Taking bad penalties, allowing a team so reliant on the power play to give them an opportunity to get back into this game. I mean, you just you can't do it. You have to be smarter. They make boneheaded mistakes after boneheaded mistakes. We've seen it all year long from this Islander team. And put the Rangers in a position where, you know, if they don't get the power plays, you don't think they're able to score them. You know, you don't really have that much confidence. But, I mean, they, they allow the power play off of bad penalties. And a Laviolette pulls Igor with four-plus minutes left to make it, uh, you know, a five-on-three and then a six-on-four where the goal uh, Panarin shot deflected by Chris Kreider, who's just, you know, his game is in front of the net. I mean, that's, what he, that's how he makes his money. But, I mean, Igor is going to be a storyline, as I was saying. Igor is going to be something they discuss because obviously coming out of the break, going to Quick, and the way Quick has played this year, they go back to Igor after a couple games. He settles in. He still hasn't lost. He's kept the winning streak seven in a row. But shaky in this game has been shaky all year. And what I don't like about it is he's been better, right? He's come back. He got the rest. They let Quick play a couple games, three overall, and the last one heading into the break, the two coming out of the break. They go back to Igor against the Blackhawks. It has to go to overtime. It shouldn't. They're a lousy team, Chicago. But he's played. He's played all right. They've won the games. Things have been trending in the right direction. And then now with the environment at its highest, with the pressure on against the Islanders for the first time in over a calendar year, how is that possible? How is it possible the Rangers and Islanders haven't played in a full calendar year more than that, right? Was it it was December of last year? December of 23, the last time these two teams played? What the what how the hell is that possible? But it's the first game against the Islanders. It's this stadium series, 80,000 people, and this is the game where all of a sudden, you know, Igor's a little shaky. This is the game he decides to revert back to the guy who they were, you know, concerned enough about to give some time to quick. And I would, and, and listen, I, I I applaud Laviolette for trusting his team, and that was the theme of the game from him. There's no panic from this team, even though he has some weird facial expressions on the on the bench on TV. He just had some weird facial expressions as they were down early, three to one. But Laviolette shows confidence in the team. He knows this team has battled back all year long. He knows how deadly they can be on special teams and on the power play. He understands what they need to do. He doesn't pull the young goalie. He doesn't throw in quick into this game. And, I, I, you know, talking with Ranger fans, I think a lot of Ranger fans were expecting the move just to light a fire into the team that honestly looked dead the entire first period. Besides the goal, looked absolutely dead the first period with that kind of atmosphere. And yet at the end of the game, they come back. They get that uh, power play goal, and then they get the second power play goal where, again, they pull the goalie with two and a half minutes left, 
and Zabinajad, Zabanajad from that spot, who is absolutely deadly. And that's why when you watch this power play, right, when you see this power play and you understand how deadly it can be and how, you know, a, what a strength it is, you know, if they can get into the zone, and you've seen that really be the issue for this team, when the power play goes cold, the, the opposition makes it difficult to get it set up because once it's set up and you have Panarin and his ability, Fox to lead the power play and his ability, and how deadly Zabanajad is from that spot on the ice. So not only for the – and I know they had the, the two extra men, they were able to pull the goal and, and make it a two uh, – make it a six on four. But, I mean, the Islanders, to get those penalties, to get that tripping one especially, I mean, I, a lot of people are going to have a problem with that penalty. But you get that penalty, you allow the, uh, the Rangers to go on the power play, and then you allow them to set it up, and then you allow Zabanajad from that spot. Like, that's, that's the most – yeah, Panarin's unbelievable. Right, and he has the game winner. It's nothing but hustle. He gets that incredible play. We'll get to it in a second. But as deadly as he is, he's more of the playmaker, and that's the one spot. Zabanajad sits there and waits for that exact type of goal. And that's why when you watch this game, yeah, there's the story of the Rangers. Seven in a row, first place, have now taken a six-point lead back again in that first place in the division after struggling heading into the break. It hit them at the perfect time. Hopefully it does the same thing for the Knicks as they hit their all-star break. But they've been hot six in a row out of the break, seven in a row all, um, all together. But this Islander team, who is trying to, who's battling for their lives, who's made the coaching change. You know Lou Lamorello doesn't give up on seasons. He's going to want to go out there and figure out a way to get this team right. They pick, they bring in Patrick Waugh. They, uh, they're trying to do everything they can, and they continue to blow leads. And to blow this game in front of 80,000 people with a 3-1 with a you know a three one lead after one, they score the first goal of the third period to make it a two-goal game again. They are up a goal with two minutes left, and they still commit the bad penalties, allow the Rangers to get on the power play, and allow the most deadly part of that power play to come through and be successful for the Rangers. This is a devastating loss for the Islanders. This is a devastating loss for the Islanders. This one is going to hurt. This is a game they had won. This is a stadium series game with all eyes on it, 80,000 people in the building in the freezing cold, partying, tailgating, Rangers Islanders haven't played in a year. Trying to the Rangers are the hottest team in hockey, first place in the division, and you have them, and you let them slip through your fingers. And then Panarin in the overtime makes an incredible play, and then absolutely it's a goal. That puck is long gone out of his shot before that net comes off the bearings. No, no other offensive player touches it. It clearly crosses the line. Goal, Rangers win. And if you just want to talk about, right, because we get call after call, and I'm sure I'm going to get something. Oh, yes, right, now you talk about him. Yeah, now you're talking about him. All the calls who call up and go, oh, why don't we ever talk hockey? Why don't we ever talk hockey? Why don't we ever talk hockey? Well, you showed up. Because honestly, most of the time, hockey doesn't move the needle. That's why we don't do it. There's no secret. It's no secret. You know, I listen to Al, right? Al Dukes tells you all the time. If hockey talk got the buzz and the ratings and moved the needle, we'd talk more hockey. It doesn't. But you people showed up. I mean, that is what an incredible couple of days for hockey at that building. 80,000 people. The Long Island Railroad Road swamped with Rangers and Islanders fans. And just an incredible game. A 6-5 win for the New York Rangers, who are just 
back on track after struggling for a while heading into the break. They've won seven in a row and are looking to be that team that finally, you know, gives this city a championship. Who's going to be the next team? The Rangers have a chance, but I still there's still I still have concerns. My same concerns I've had all along. Too reliant on the power play. And the goaltending right now is not what you would hope it would be. Is it bad? No. Is Igor terrible? Is Igor a major problem? Do I think they cannot win with Igor? No. But right now he is not what he's been. He's not what he was two years ago. He's not that stalwart you have absolute confidence in. And I don't like the idea that he turned it around a little bit, worked with the coaching staff, took a couple games off, came back in, played relatively well, and then the first game with a little bit of buzz, a little bit of juice, a little bit of playoff atmosphere where Panarin's talking about being in tears after the game and every single Rangers talking about how much they felt the intensity and how it felt like a playoff atmosphere or even more than that. That was an incredible atmosphere, and that's the game now that Igor decides to revert back to the guy who was struggling prior to the break. Like I don't like that. I'm concerned about the goaltending for the Rangers. I'm concerned about reliance on the power play. I'm concerned about depth at center and the back two and the third and fourth lines. I'm concerned. But you can't you can't argue with seven in a row. Seven little chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old child's tale from the sea. Seven is the magic number. And we had an incredible couple of days of hockey as the Devils beat the the Flyers and the Rangers beat the Islanders. Let's hear it, Yank- uh, uh, Yankee fans. Let's hear it, uh, Ranger fans. I can't. Gio's going to kill me for that one. Let's hear it, hockey fans. Hockey, Yankee, same thing. Let's hear it, hockey fans. 877-337-6666. There is Yankee talk. There is Met talk, specifically Snell and Alonzo, and I'll tell you exactly how I feel about it. One of them won't be here, and the other one will. We'll get into it. And what I won't do is continue to have this Will Juan Soto go to the Mets story play out every night for the next year. That's not going to happen. And then, of course, we got Rick Pitino losing his mind. 